Welcome to Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. Dr. Steve Wood with me again, Bill Kanaski. Bill, how's it going? Are you the type of guy that when you travel to a certain place, you kind of want to eat the food from that place? I do, like, yes. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. So if you're in Omaha, Nebraska, you're not going to order the, uh, the cod or the salmon fish. No. no, you're not. No, you're going to order beef, right? Yes. Right. No, and I if definitely you're on the coast. Yeah, you're I on the to... coast, right? You're at, you're on the beach, right? You're not you're not going to order the fillet. Exactly. I think that's I think that's a solid plan. I don't know about you. I I, I kind of like to eat the local food. So do I. Versus, but then again, you know me, I'm pizza pizza snob, pizza addict. I'll eat pizza anywhere. I could be in Alaska and eat pizza. <laughs> I don't care with mushrooms. <laughs> With no, no, we're not having no, don't, don't, don't bring that up. Uh, okay, today's topic let's talk a little witness testimony and just recurrent problems we've seen. Um, now, Steve, witnesses will not shut up, right? They want to talk, they're pre let's talk about this because this happens every week. And defense counsel, okay, here we go. You are part of the problem because you don't understand the neuropsychology behind this. And guess what? We're, we're going to talk about my favorite topic today, Steve. We're going to talk about pivoting. Oh, no. Yeah, because here's, let's talk about pivoting. To, to define this for everybody, right? if you don't know already, I don't know what rock you've been living under. When your witness either does this or is instructed to do the yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, and they pivot away from the factual question and they run to a defense defensive <laughs> defense theme that's called pivoting it's arguably the worst idea in the history of witness testimony number one number two plaintiff's counsel loves it yeah. when the defense witness loves it because it opens up counterattack opportunities and you just keep beating that witness over the head with everything they say after the word but so the words but and however should be banned from deposition testimony. Steve, are we on the same page? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I it mean, bothers me so much when I hear this. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but. And then the witness goes in the fight or flight mode, right? We, I published a paper on this, amygdala hijack. Look it up on the website, Kanaski. Got a bunch of co-authors on that. Got a couple of attorney co-authors on that. Ted Eckenrode, Andrew Chamberlain. No, why? They hate pivoting. Right. Because it exposes their witness. You know what it does? Yeah, I'm gonna, right? I'm gonna go reptile again. It needlessly endangers the witness, Steve. It needlessly endangers the witness. I, hell, even I'd agree with that reptile question. <laughs> it's unnecessary. And the here's what I'm seeing now, though. Half of the attorney, half of the defense attorneys don't understand the neuropsychology behind this, and they actually endorse it. They, 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 they want the witness to do that because they don't understand the consequences, number one. But here's the thing. It makes the attorney feel better. It makes the attorney feel better because the attorney's like, hey, if the witness says, yeah, but, and then they go to a defense theme, yay, like, you know, I'm doing good as the attorney. No, you're opening up the door to counterattack. And you need to understand what's going on here is that, the plaintiff's counsel has a plan and they one of one of the things that 
they obviously, right, we've been over this time and time again, but I think repetition and redundancy is a, a, a great thing. Number one, plaintiff's counsel wants the witness to go fast, correct? Right. Speed kills. Higher speed, lower cognition. Lower cognition, terrible answers. Fact. Anybody wants to get on, come on the podcast and argue with me about this stuff, I would love to have you on. Oh, we have to bring up the person that was arguing with me on LinkedIn and be very careful about that before you leave. Um, let's talk about the toxic environment in litigation. Remind me to talk about this and remind me not to be an idiot and say, say something stupid because I have to be really careful about that. But speed's going to kill, right? Speed's going to kill. So that's one of the first things we have to handle. The second thing we're gonna, that's going to kill is if your witness gets emotional, right? Fight or flight, meaning they get mad, they get irritable, they get frustrated, or on the other end, they get fearful, anxious, right? Nervous. I mean, they're going to say crazy things, right? Right. Bad, 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 bad. Now, those are two major factors that, you know, we handle in our training program. By telling the witness to say, yeah, but, and then they start to defend. By definition, that's fight or flight. By definition, neuropsychologically, okay, that's fight or flight. That is anytime a witness becomes defensive, emotions involved. Steve, am I, am I off here? No, and you can see it too. You know, when, oh, whenever we totally. do it, if we watch deposition videos of it, you can see you can see you can see the the body language. You can hear the tone yeah. in their voice. You can see the, that they're starting to breathe heavier. You can see, to see all the physiological changes that are happening. So here's so, so now here's the problem. The defense counsel, please listen up, okay? Because here's where you're screwing this up. You can't look at one isolated question. Because see, honestly, Steve, if the deposition was one question and the question was, isn't it true on this particular day you did X? And it's a fact, right? And the witness said, yeah, but, and they gave their reason why. And that was the deposition. No one would care. I wouldn't care. Why? Because there's no follow-up questions. So when you look at it one question at a time, Defense counsel. Yeah, they may be able to pivot successfully on the one question and hit the target. The problem is for the next 20 minutes, they're going to get beat over the head and then they're going to take the bait. And then, like you said, Steve, you can see the witness go from professional to defensive to even argumentative because what they're, they're taking the bait, they don't know it because plaintiff counsel is sitting back saying, aha. By the way, let's reiterate something. Yes, we do do some plaintiff work, okay, in cases that are not personal injury. A lot of commercial litigation. I, I have I named three people right now who are plaintiff attorneys that are fantastic people, fantastic attorneys, and they don't do personal injury, okay? But they're plaintiff attorneys. I talk to them. I learn from them. The number one thing they say is, I love it when a witness argues with me. I love the yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but because it allows me to just punch them right in the face every time they open their mouth. And then after that 20 minutes, your witness is battered. <laughs> they're bruised. Here's the important thing. They're, they're, they're irritated. They're upset. They're pissed. And then they're off for the rest of the dep deposition, right? Right. And then it goes off the rails and they don't understand why. 
They don't I did, understand I, why. I did all the pivoting. I did the yeah, but yeah, but I got all, <laughs> I landed all the, the shots that I was supposed to. I got all the points, the defense points that I was out, supposed to get out. Yeah, because we have to understand, this is a multiple hour deposition. And one question with a successful pivot gets you nowhere. The jury doesn't care. But here's the thing. Defense counsel feels good. Witness feels good. But guess who feels even better? Yeah. Yeah. Plaintiff's counsel. Because now, and then ready for this, it's habitual. Then the, the, it's like the yes, but is contagious. And that's all they do. You know, the video we show with Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. That will not answer a question for one minute, 39 seconds. And it ruined her presidential campaign because she just wouldn't agree with the fact, the best way to handle a bad fact, Steve, is you hug it. You yeah. embrace, remember there's two ways to handle bad facts. You fight with them, you defend them, you run away from them or you hug it. Because it's a fact. You're stuck with it. They're stuck with it. I mean, I, and I keep seeing particularly young, younger defense attorneys. I worked with a couple last week. I'm not even going to mention the city because they may be listening to this. But both of these guys came in, you know, young guns, you know, late 30s. And they're walking in, sticking their chest out, strutting it up. Okay, looking like Rocky coming into the ring. And everything they, I mean, almost, it came, it was kind of a friendly argument. I'm like, you know, listen, <laughs> listen, please. Um, I, I know they're confident and that's great. And by the way, I think that they're good attorneys. They're very energetic, very confident. Uh, but like everything they were telling the witness to do, I was like, nope, 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 nope. The funny thing was, yeah, I give my witness a break every hour. I'm like, yeah, well, that's, that's funny because that's a little bit too long. And they're like, yeah. what? And I had, to, I had to pull out my paper and they go, oh. Okay. And then the next thing is like, yeah, I want the, I want the witness to pivot. I'm like, really? Let's try that. So I go, I'm going to cross-examine your witness. Okay. And he goes, okay, but you're not an attorney. I go, oh no, but I, I play one on TV. Watch this. And I tell the witness, I go, hey, I'm going to question you for like 10 minutes. And I said, uh, just do what your attorney's telling you to do is okay. So I start pointing out bad facts, right? And I get this witness into yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but at the roughly the six minute mark, I have the witness screaming at me because he's so because he took the bait and I just pounded this poor witness for 10 minutes and then took a time out. And I looked at the attorney. I go, how's your how's your pivoting working out? And the attorney's like, oh, shit. I'm like, yeah, your witness just lost their mind. And then he goes, well, I told him to stay calm. I go, because you don't understand the neuropsychology behind this. All right. Defense counsel, it's not what makes you feel good. Okay, follow the science here. You got bad facts. The answer is yes, that's correct. Next question. What if I don't get a chance to explain it, Bill? <laughs> You'll have plenty of time <laughs> if, yeah, in the 2% of the chance that we get to trial, you have ample time to explain it but remember there's no jury at your dep okay and here's the best part which by the way i'm playing that fugitive clip on, on every witness training remember there uh tommy lee jones is chasing uh harrison Ford through the tunnel yeah. right through the yeah. waterfall and tommy lee jones slips and falls and drops his gun in the fugitive right and 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 harrison ford picks it up and he points at tommy lee jones and tommy lee jones has his hands up and you know, Tommy Lee Jones is the, is the federal, uh, you know, he's the marshal and uh, Harrison Ford is the fugitive. 
and he's been accused of killing his wife. He escapes prison and he holds the gun at Timely Jones and he, he's shaking the gun and he very emotionally looks at Timely Jones. He's like, hey, I didn't kill my wife. And Timely Jones says, I don't care. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the best clip. Yeah. The best clip. But that's the point. The plaintiff attorney doesn't care if you didn't kill. They don't care. Right. You know, you could be a doctor in a med mal case. And go, I did a DV for the standard of care. And they, they don't care. They're looking for vulnerability. And this whole pivoting thing. I mean, we've been fighting this damn thing for years and years and years. I've never seen it work. Never. In fact, I get calls pre-trial of witnesses that have pivoted their way through the deposition. Steve, it's a, it, not only is it a mess, but the harmful things that they say that that's going to kill them in trial. And Steve, again, it's habitual. We're talking, we're talking a 50, 60 page deposition with pivot after pivot after pivot. I mean, can you just talk about your experience when somebody, they send you a deposition of a witness, you have to train for trial and they have pivoted the entire deposition, the position that puts you in as the consultant. Yeah, I get, I get, actually, as I'm going through the deposition and I'm reading the transcript, I just get annoyed more and more. I start to get upset as I'm reading it because <laughs> it sounds bad. It reads bad. And I'm like, great. Now I got to fix all of this stuff. It sucks. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's extremely frustrating to do that. And there's been multiple times where I've been, got involved, like you said, where someone has said, we thought pivoting was supposed to be the way to do it. We realized it yeah. was terrible. Now can you come and clean all Bad this idea. up? So I think we'll keep harping on this because we've, we find a lot of clients find out way too late that pivoting doesn't work. It looks terrible and, and they're going to get their witnesses are going to get hammered on it. Yeah. And I, I think there's some emotional things going on. Again, this is a neuropsychological thing. And Steve, I think, you know, with your background, social psych, there's some social cycle. Steve, explain to our audience why people are compelled to just want to explain, 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 explain. Because my theory on this, uh, and by the way, I'm not always right, but I'm never wrong, uh, is, is, you know, because I think socially, right? When you're in an adversarial condition, adversarial, right? You're, you're in an argument with your spouse or you're not getting along with a, a friend or you have, uh, you're not getting along with somebody at work, right? What do we do in those situations? Well, we, 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 we talk, we explain, right? And it goes back and forth. And then there's some sort of resolution typically. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how the brain is wired to handle adversary. And then you get into the deposition and the plant attorney starts to make it adversarial. Your brain's like, aha, I know how to handle this. Uh, you talk about with, you know, with your background experience and training from the kind of the social, the social psychology aspect, why people are just hardwired to explain thinking that this is going to take away all my problems when in actuality in deposition, that's, it's going to throw gasoline on the fire. Yeah, just because from experience, to you're saying about normal everyday interactions with other individuals, we feel like we're having a conversation. If we if we just explain more, if we just explain louder, if we just add additional information that we can convince the other side. If you just knew piece yeah. A, B, and C, you you you'd understand why your perspective your perspective is wrong. It's because you're misinformed. If I just give you the information that I think you need, 
you'll be you'll be convinced. So to your point, it's it's been something. They don't. That- hey, that's why I play the timely. This is why I play the fugitive yeah. video. And by exactly. defense counsel, if you want to steal this idea here, I'm going to give you permission. Go to YouTube. Look, just type in the fugitive. I don't care. The video is going to pop up. It's 30 seconds and show it to your damn witness. Because every time I didn't do it, the plaintiff is like, I don't care. Because well, I think don't. it goes. It goes back to why that why why that's such a powerful clip because it's so yeah. anti-social to what it what we normally do. We we want to think that people care about what our explanations are. We want to feel like when we're giving somebody an explanation that they're listening and hearing us out and doing all that. But the truth of the matter is to your point, plaintiff attorney doesn't care. And you can hear it sometimes in these pivots. You know, they'll give an explanation and the attorney, rather than address the question, will they say just keep asking more questions. <laughs> yeah. They keep attacking the pit or they, or, or they say, you know, or they say, so let me get this straight. You can't offer me uh, an, a straight opinion or you, you can't just, you can't give me a straight answer rather than address any of the part of the actual answer. It's always, let's focus on what you didn't do. Let's not focus on the context of the answer. They have a mission, right? They have a mission and their job is they want to create as much uh, leverage, right? To, for them, right? They, they want to take as much leverage as possible, both strategic and economic and get a settlement that's higher than deserved or go to trial and win. Okay. They're not out there. Like this is not some leisurely fishing expedition and deposition for the truth. They'll say it is, but it's, but it's not. And this, this is, I mean, Steve, this is all, it's, it's all about the money, right? Exactly. Oh, I, and, and I love it when they say it's not about the money. It's about Get out of justice. Here. Yeah, we know we, there's a couple. There's a couple we know that that do that. But you know the truth. <laughs> it's, yeah. It is about the money, and it's not I a know. fishing expedition because they wouldn't waste their time on cases that they didn't think had some value or had some merit. I know. And listen again. We have thank you, plaintiff attorneys. There are some plaintiff attorneys that listen to this podcast. They have reached out to me. It's actually all been positive for the most part, except the one, right? Uh, it's all been positive. They love this stuff. Because, But here's the thing, because honestly, a plaintiff attorney, by understanding how the brain works, I mean, you know, their witness is going to get deposed. They need to keep their witness calm. They don't want their witness to pivot, right? So yeah, plaintiff attorneys, you, you, can, you can gain some benefit from this podcast as well. Um, you know, they're not all bad, Steve. They're not. Uh, there are a couple of them out there that you know, I think have pushed the ethical boundaries and have proven to do so over and over and over again. I think that's a problem. But there's no, there's there's trucking attorneys, there's med mal attorneys out there that are on the plaintiff side. They're, they're great people. They do things the right way. In fact, I was talking to Mike Bassett and he was talking about two trucking plaintiff attorneys that he goes out to dinner with when he has cases with them. And he said that relationship's important. And I can work with that person. I can negotiate with that person. And they're reasonable people. Um, I think that's, that, that's a good thing. Um, so I certainly, because I don't, again, I, I don't think bashing plaintiff attorneys, uh, because I think the plaintiff's bar has done a fantastic job. And I'm hoping the defense bar can catch up with things like communication, camaraderie, training, getting on the same page, sharing information. The plaintiff's bar has done a great job uh, at that. But you have a few you know, isolated plaintiff attorneys that have really... Wow, taking it to the next level, and that's just the way it is. But I think, regardless, um, you know, they don't care. Uh, they have an objective; it's largely a financial and strategic objective, and they want to meet it. Which goes into our second point, and then we can wrap up. Is the repetition of questions is so effective with the unprepared and untrained witnesses, yeah. Steve? 
It is. I mean, I, mean, I look at it. I always equate it to like my kids who, who just ask me the same question over and over, over and over. Yeah. And then finally, I want about $5. No, I want $5. No, I want five. It, they won't stop till you give them the damn five. Then you're giving right. them $5, right? Like here, right. here's your $5. You little shit. Shut up. Right. Cause you want to get them out of your hair. But well, same thing it, happens and same things happens in questioning. Right. Yeah. And, but then what have you done though? Now you've reinforced the behavior. You know, you, you've now, yeah. you know, with my you're kids, now they know, now they know, just keep, just keep asking. <sighs> He's going to eventually give it same thing with opposing counsel. Right. If I yeah. ask it and ask and ask and ask and ask, eventually you're going to give me something different and you're finally going to give me the answer that I wanted all the time. So you got to point that out, you know, to the witnesses to let them know yeah. what's happening and that the worst thing to be is the, is <laughs> to change your answer. Because if your answer is, your answer, then it's not going to change no matter how many times you ask it. Yeah. And we, I mean, we have our training system that works to desensitize this, but I, so I'm working with this, this, uh, this witness the other day, I said, okay, here's the thing. And he was really bad at this with the repetition. So I go, okay, your answer is no. All right. I go, I'm going to ask you, and this is what I do. I go, I'm going to ask you the same question 10 consecutive times. And I'm going to yell at, I'm going to scream. I'm going to pound the table. I just want you to keep saying no and stay calm. You ready? Okay. I got to number four. He started talking. I go, what the? I'm like, I just told you. So we kept doing this until he got it. Now, here's the crazy thing, right? Finally, he said no 10 times in a row, which forces me to go away. And that's a pretty extreme example, 10 times. Yeah. But a lot, of, a lot of attorneys do it three, four, five, six times, right? Right, exactly. And, and he said, because I said, all right, great job. But guess what his response was? Like, that's it? Like, shouldn't I explain why my answer is no? And I'm like, uh, 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 no, no, that's your brain. Again, the pre-wiring of the brain, Steve, just sets up deponents for disaster, which is why we are psychologists to rewire the brain because you can tell these witnesses, defense counsel tells me to say, I tell my witness to think before they speak. I'm like, they can't do it. Right. I tell my witness to stay calm can't do it i tell my witness if you hear a repeated question just give the same answers they guys they can't gals too they can't do it they cannot do it their brain is not wired for that the only way they can do it rewiring the brain which is what we do Boy, I'm, is this like a sales pitch or what but this i'm saying this is salesy. what we do this is what <laughs> i can save you a lot of headaches defense counsel by doing this for you uh, and yeah, it's going to kind of, it's going to take a couple bucks, but guess what it's going to do to your witness. It's going to inoculate them from these attacks. You're going to have great deposition testimony. If they go to trial, then they go to trial. Don't make them a superstar witness. That's how you win cases. Right, Steve. That's right. I actually just got a call yesterday from someone who had said they want to get us involved mm -hmm. because they're tired of getting hit for nuclear verdicts because their witnesses. They suck. Exactly. Yeah. And the, but here's the other thing. Here's the other thing, Steve. All those witnesses that suck, they've spent hours and days with their attorneys preparing. Yeah. But they still suck. And why do they suck? It's neuropsychology, Steve. It's brain wiring. That's what we do. Hey, can you end this? I have to go. I'm going massage therapist and chiropractor back to back because I cannot move because I've been working six and a half days for the last three months. It's killing me. And uh, I'm in the gym every day. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I, need, I need an adjustment. And I need uh, my massage therapist. Like she kills me. Like she'll make me cry. That's how deep she goes. And she'll be like, are you okay? And I'm like, 
Yes, I'm okay. Like I almost start crying. I need that type of pain to get through this. But I think this is a great podcast, a great topic, because this comes up every single case, every single witness. And so we're going to keep talking about it because remember, defense counsel, you you all can inadvert. It's not your fault. You can inadvertently make your witness worse and inadvertently set your witness up for disaster. Let's let's not do that and put the witness in the best right best situation to do well that's going to make your witness feel better improve performance improve your uh uh leverage in the case yeah and i actually i was going to remind you about your linkedin post but i think we'll save that for another day we're going to save that for i say i got into it with somebody on linkedin in fact but here's the thing i want to do a top i want to do a topic on that yeah on how the uh litigation environment is a toxic environment it has been for some time. Oh yeah, we're we're gonna. I think I think I maybe want to have a couple guests on for that to discuss that. Um, but yeah, there was a little argument on LinkedIn, so I invited her on the podcast. Okay, I, well now you opened the can of worms, Steve. You op- you opened it wide. It's wide I, open. I now. just didn't want you to think I didn't forget. She is in the insurance industry, and I. Okay, so somebody posted this article saying, "Hey, we should all be nice to each other in litigation, right? This toxic environment's terrible." I just responded with like, "Ha ha ha." Like, good luck with that. That's all I said. Like, this ain't gonna, like, this is just the way it is. <laughs> it's an aggressive, ugly, it's sorry. You know, it's like, poli- it's like, it's like telling a politician, why can't we just be nice to each other? No, a, a political campaign, people are going after each other. Same thing in litigation. And she responded with this long paragraph, ripping me on my, and so I said, hey, this is, I said, this is a, you would love my response. In fact, you read my response, Steve. I did. What did I, did. I say? Hey, this is a, fa- per, this is verbatim fascinating topic why don't you come on the podcast we can discuss it what was the reply no 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 my company if i did that i may no 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 so i mean what i felt like saying as the response to that was well you're blabbing away on linkedin right your company can read that you're blabbing away and you you know let's come on the podcast and debate this but we're gonna have i think we need to have a discussion uh, about that you know i'm not a lawyer you're not a lawyer but i'd like to have a couple of lawyers on and talk about you know is this environment toxic because the article i believe came out in the aba was essentially like i think the theme of the article is lawyers both of y'all right you guys need to chill out and not be so aggressive i i don't know if that's possible steve what do i don't you think? know if, i don't know if it's possible either but hey i'm willing to hear hear it out <laughs> yeah all right, let's so, get out of here. Yeah, you definitely need to get out of here now that I've, I've ramped I got to shut up. Get yourself uh, your massage and back. Yes. And all that stuff like that. So this has been another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. That's it.